or whatever they're calling it these days at talking acc sports that's at t-a-l-k-i-n acc sports you can follow the moderator and my podcast co-host matthew at asd underscore hokey smash that's at asd underscore h-o-k-i-e-s-m-a-s-h uh, but he spends a lot more time these days um, tweeting at our site, Twitter X account at All Sports D A C C. That's at all at A L L S P O R T S D A C C. I'm gonna turn it over to Matthew now, our moderator, as we get started and have a little fun here on this podcast. Welcome to this week in the Atlantic Coast Conference. This is the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the country. And Jeff, I am happy to be back here on this holiday weekend here on, on the All Sports Discussion podcast. We're in the 480s, if I'm not mistaken now, in terms of number of episodes. So we're we're getting close to a pretty big milestone, which is which is pretty fun here. So before we start, I want to ask you, Jeff, real specifically, is there anything lately that you've blogged about at allsportsdiscussion.com that you want to plug? And I'm not saying in general, because everybody knows that we blog about the ACC or whatever is on our mind, but is there anything specific that you blogged about that you want to point to on the site for, for our listeners to read out there? Yeah, a couple things that we've we've hit on um, during the past week. Uh, we've looked at the the NCAA releasing their top sixteen seeds for the uh, men's basketball tournament, and and something I have to agree with that I saw on Twitter. Uh, it'd be a lot better if they released this on a Sunday <laughs> rather than uh, on a Saturday, where there's still like a lot of games going on. Uh, you know, for example, they they released it uh, yesterday with Purdue as the number one seed, and then the very next day, Purdue, you know, getting into their March form, uh, you know, goes on the road and loses to an Ohio State team that's only won once in the last month. So, um, and probably would have had UConn as the number one overall seed have they had they just waited a day. But still, some interesting uh, things on there as as it pertains to the to the ACC. Uh, you know, we look and we'll probably get into it a little bit more. We, we looked at another one of uh, Brad Burnell's questionable late game decision, you know, decisions that he made that the Tigers, you know, well, well into the NCAA picture, um, you know, no worse than a six seed on just about any projection. But, um, you know, you could look at them and say, hey, maybe they're not all that they they could be due to have have lost uh, four straight, not four straight games, but four straight single possession games in ACC play. Uh, and where you can look at, at some of Brownell's decision-making on those final uh, sequences of those games. So we hit on that to uh, release some of the uh, latest NCAA bracket posi- uh, projections for today. And then also we left a note for, you know, legendary ACC basketball giant, you know, Lefty Drizel, former coach at a Maryland Terrapins. Uh, yeah, for you young folks out there, Maryland was once upon a time a, a member of the ACC. And Lefty Drizel, when 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 the ACC basketball was at its very peak, 
uh, in the seventies and eighties. And I mean, we still had like fantastic years all along, but lefty Drizel is a giant of ACC basketball. So we, we definitely mentioned that. Very good takes, Jeff. Very good takes. Uh, let's get to the week that was in the ACC. Who was your ACC team of the week? This past week, and who was your most disappointing team of the week in the ACC? Uh, my 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 team of the week has has uh, it's Pittsburgh right now. Uh, they are they are on an absolute roll, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I'm not sure there's a team in the ACC that's playing better on on that end of the floor than Pittsburgh. Um, Henson is making his claim to being an all ACC first teamer, you know, trying to, you know, nudge in there with RJ Davis as, as maybe player of the year in Pittsburgh. They, they went on the road against a red hot Virginia team and, you know, came out of there and they won that game going away against Virginia. And that just does not happen very often, uh, you know, going into Virginia and Charlottesville and, and really feeling like Pittsburgh was the better team when it was all said and done. So, you know, and then they followed that up by just totally annihilating Louisville. And we know New Louisville is not very good, but I mean, they're better than what they were last year. They've been competitive in a lot of games and uh, they just ran Louisville off the off the court. So as opposed to, a, you know, some other teams we've seen this year, uh, Syracuse is an example that had a big win and then they follow it up with a, a dud. Syracuse beating North Carolina and then coming back. Uh, and losing on the road to Georgia Tech in a game that, you know, you felt like they had a chance to win. Pittsburgh validated their win, and th they are, you know, I think they're an NCAA talent caliber team. And if anyone watches them, I think they would come to that conclusion too. Um, but you know, even even the cynics out there, I would say, you know, have them on on the bubble now. They have they have come from off the radar to very clearly being on the bubble. And that, that's that's a team you don't want to have any part of right now. Um, as far as on the disappointing side, uh, I think you got to look at Miami and and Florida State. Um, Miami maybe one of maybe the most disappointing team in the entire conference this this season. Um, they they just can't put any quality back to back performances together. Uh, took another couple of losses this week in Florida state, you know, these were both two teams that were on the fringes of the bubble coming into the week. And, you know, both of them now, now looking at extended losing streaks of three for Florida state and uh, four for Miami. You look at who Miami played this past week. And, you know, now, like I said, four game losing streak, they, they went on the road at Clemson and they were in that game until late. And then last five, six minutes, Clemson just ran away with it, ended up losing by 17. Uh, you go on the road to play at Boston College, kind of a dangerous place to play. Uh, but that's one that if you're trying to make the tournament or get back on the bubble, you got to win. And you know, they end up losing there. Uh, Florida State, you look at their past week on a three-game losing three-game losing streak. You go on the road at Virginia Tech trying to pick up a Q1 win. Nothing there. You, you get a chance to host Duke. And I watched a good portion of that game. You never really felt like Florida State was in it. 
and now they've lost five of their last six and and they're off the radar too so those are those are two teams that were on the very fringes of the bubble and i would say are are their realistic shots at, the, at an at-large bid of the tournament are, are over definitely and we've always said that conti forum is what jeff it's a freaking morgue because there's <laughs> because virginia tech Clemson, I mean, I can go down the list. I mean, my Virginia Tech's lost up there before. Clemson's lost up there before. Duke has lost up there before. I mean, it's it, you have to create your own energy when you go up there. And if you don't create your own energy and don't psych yourself up, you can fall asleep when you play at Boston College. So... <laughs> Yeah, and then, I mean, and then if the crowd does get into it a little bit, you're kind of like changing gears from like, you know, you're you're playing in a cemetery, and now they got like some momentum, and we know they got some, they got some decent, you know, talent at Boston College. It's it's not like, uh, you know, of the teams that they've definitely been better than the very bottom of the ACC. Um, they they knocked off St. John's earlier in the year, who you know a lot of people had in the NCAA tournament for the majority of the season. So we know Boston College can can cause you problems, and but if if you're if if you're you know trying if you're on the road and you're trying to get back onto the bubble, you, you can't leave there with a loss, and and that's exactly what happened. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So let's go up to the upcoming week. Week, Jeff. What are the some? What are what what ACC game? And only even give you a few games. What are you really looking forward to this coming coming week? And who is on upset alert? I mean, I think this this is this is the biggest week of the season for Wake Forest. Um, this past week, they had a couple of uh, road games against uh, Virginia, and I think I think it, yeah, they were on the road against Duke. And you don't expect them to have won either game, and and that's exactly what happened. You were really more eyeing this week um, because this is the week they they got to make a move. They've been on the fringe of the bubble all year long. You know, still waiting f- to, for them to start, you know, putting together some Q1 wins, which oddly enough, they ended up getting one with Florida, uh, whose recent surge moved them into the top 30, which gave uh, Wake Forest a Q1 win without even, uh, you know, it, it, even though they lost this weekend, they, they picked up a Q1 win. But anyways, with, with Wake Forest, this is the week they, they've got to have. They got Pitt coming in uh, to Wake Forest on Tuesday, which is one of the games of the week that I'm looking forward to in the ACC. We, we talked about Pitt already being red hot. Um, Wake Forest on their home floor can be really, really good. And both of these teams at times look like schools that could win a couple of games, two or three games in the NCAA tournament. They've looked that good at times. And, uh, you know, I, I look at this as it's not an elimination game for the loser, but the winner really takes a step forward on securing that at large bid and and that's going to be that's going to be a fantastic matchup. I've been kind of, I've been eyeing that game for for over a week um especially with the with the surge that that Pitt's put together. Ever since Pitt won at Virginia, I'm like, okay, you you I'm looking ahead to see when when they're getting Wake Forest. I think they'll take care of Louisville, which they did and and that that's a big one. Um then on Saturday, and this is where I think Duke's got to be on upset alert, because regardless of what, regardless of what happens on Tuesday with with Pitt, 
Um, Duke is going into a very difficult place to play, and Wake Forest is either going to be, you know, fighting for their lives to beat Duke or trying to, you know, secure their secure their positioning with Duke. So that's a huge game. Um, then you're looking at North Carolina and Virginia. Uh, North Carolina has kind of struggled a little bit here recently, especially defensively, and Virginia is is there thick in the thick of the ACC race and you know that that could be decide you know one of the top two or three seeds in the acc that that could factor in with who's going to be the regular season champion duke's still there in the mix as well but uh that's a huge game and you know prior to that though and that i think this is a very dangerous game for virginia I think it's tomorrow night, and I know you'll have some comments big on Monday, this. Big Monday, big ESPN, Monday, big Monday. Virginia at Virginia Tech. Um, you know, Virginia Tech had—they got that early season win over Iowa State. They'd beaten Boise State, and and I, I mean, you kind of looked at them and just said, when are you, when are they going to kind of start to put some things together and get towards that bubble? And it just never happened. But that that doesn't mean that they can't knock off. Virginia on their home floor rivalry game and huge, you know, the atmosphere is going to be great there in Blacksburg. Uh, that that's a big game in Virginia. You know, they gotta, they gotta come ready. That's, that's a game that they could, that the Hokies could definitely spring an upset. I'm with you. I mean, what do we say the kryptonite is to Virginia's defense? It's three point shooting. Virginia tech shoots really well from three point at home. Right, and that and that's how Pittsburgh beat Virginia. They just couldn't extend on Pitt enough, and they just kept knocking down perimeter shots. You're exactly right. Yeah, and so, I mean, and the ghost—you've seen it happen yourself this year a few times. I mean, the ghosts and goblins of 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 Castle Coliseum make an opponent shoot just terribly there. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Yeah. And on, on top of that, Virginia isn't really the best free throw shooting team in the country. No. Surprising. And, <laughs> yeah. And and it I mean, this is a game where I could see Virginia Tech throw out all kinds of depth to follow the heck out of Virginia if it got close. Now I'm gonna give you two runner up games because I I did. I full disclosure. I did not expect NC State at all to win at Clemson. I that was shocking to me to see that. I didn't expect Kevin Keats to get a win like that. Now he has Syracuse at home on ESPN two this Tuesday night. Lots of storylines in that one, Jeff. I mean, that's a, that's 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 kind of a big game there for both teams. I don't know that they're necessarily on the bubble, but somebody could make some steps to get closer there to closer to there with those two games, uh, Syracuse at NC state. Now I will be taking a look. I don't, I don't expect Virginia tech to win on the road at Pittsburgh, but where do things have happened? And so, you know, it, it's, that's unlike that one's unlikely because Virginia tech will probably be out, out of position on offense on several plays, but they've, they've, they found a play to they found a way to play with Jeff Capel's teams pretty well since he's been there. And so I, I certainly will I certainly will have my eye on that one because I think Virginia Tech will be able to shoot, you know, will be able to get some open shots in that game against Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a pretty competitive week this week. Like you said, it's a big week in a, in the ACC and there's a lot of 
a lot, a lot of really key matchups. Uh, let's go on here. What are some national games that you're looking at this upcoming week, Jeff? Uh, the, the Probably the two national games I'm looking at. Uh, one is UConn at Creighton on Tuesday. Um, I remember I got into a discussion with someone on, on Twitter like a week ago or so, and it was a discussion of who's the best team in the country. Who did, who, who did you not want to play? And I was like, UConn. I was like, you don't want any part of them. They're on a roll. They were winning even when they had a couple of injuries. They've got a gear no one else in the country can touch. And uh, he started giving me all these metrics about Purdue, you know, their Q1 wins and, and, you know, all these advanced metrics. And I was like, I don't, I don't care what metrics you have. I'll take UConn seven out of 10 times on a neutral floor against Purdue. And, uh, you know, and I'm not taking anything, taking away anything from Purdue. They've got a bunch of great early season wins, but I mean, if you just look at what they've been doing over the last three weeks, they hadn't really played well, but, but one game, I think it was a 20 point win or so over Indiana. They've been at a bunch of single digit games and then they, they lose on the road at Ohio state and, you know, UConn just, just basically ripped to shreds a really good Marquette team this weekend. Um, Creighton at home, you know, could be one of the few opportunities for UConn to lose uh, before deep, deep into the tournament. And so I'm looking for, I mean, if UConn goes to Creighton and just blows them away, you might as well just put, you you might as well just pencil in UConn into the final four. Because if they end up in that Eastern bracket, um, I think someone, uh, they're playing in, I think it's in Boston and New York. Uh, it's going to be basically a UConn crowd. And if, if Creighton can't take them down at UConn, just just put UConn in your Final Four today. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to see if, if Creighton is capable. And they're a very good team of, of hanging with UConn and, and, you know, seeing if they can take them down, if anybody can. Because I, I think when, when Connecticut is on their A game, there's nobody in the country that can touch them. Uh, another game I think is, is intriguing here is uh, Alabama at Kentucky. Um Alabama's kind of surged here the last several weeks into that two or three seed territory. Uh, Kentucky, they've they've been all over the place. Um, you know, some games they look like, you know, one of the best, most talented teams in the country. And then, you know, in the next week, they look like they could be, you know, one of those single-digit teams losing to a double-digit seed in a, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, they did go and, and played very well against Auburn. So I'm kind of trying to, you know, see which one of those two teams that is are too far back to, to get a one seed. But, you know, which of them can kind of work their way into that two to four seed range or two, four, five, you know, and, and could be one of those teams you kind of keep an eye on to see how they're going into to March because they're, they're definitely talented enough to cause a lot of noise. Um, but are they going to start peaking at the right time? So I think that's a big game for both of them. So I'm going to talk about my my brother in law, my brother in law's alma mater, Jeff. My sister's husband went to the University of Houston this week on Monday. They're oh, they're the second half of Big Monday. They play Iowa State on Monday, right after Virginia Tech goes. Or Virginia goes to Virginia Tech. That's the second half of Big Monday. On Saturday, Houston plays. Baylor. So they've got two, (laughs) 
they got two really big games this week, and that you know that game against so Iowa State's at home. Iowa State's number ten in the country. Then they go on the road on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, to Baylor, and that's a CBS matchup. So it's it's a big week for Houston because they you know they could pretty. Hey, you keep track of this better than I do, Jeff, but they could certainly put themselves up in contention for the top overall seed if they can find a way to get to find a way to win the Big Twelve. Am I not mistaken? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a- a- absolutely. And that defense they play is just absolutely ridiculously insane. I watched them play. You know Texas twice, and I watched them go in and break the hearts of everybody in Austin. I stayed up and watched that thing until it went into overtime. Jeff, I stayed up and watched that thing until midnight, and I, and I, 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 can't, I went to work a little late the next day. This is a couple. Uh, this is a week ago. This past Monday, and they, they're just they're ridiculous. They're really ridiculously good, ridiculously talented, and you can see why. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little sarcastic here, Jeff. You can see why Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State never wanted Houston in the Big Twelve. Because Houston has access to all these capital networks in their city in terms of getting money, and they can pay athletes pretty well under that NIL funding, you know, structure in Houston because of the their access to capital markets and corporate funding streams. And you can see why those other schools never wanted Houston anywhere in the Big 12. And now I'm being a little sarcastic because guess what, Jeff? It's true. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so Jeff, I'm, I'm going to change this question just a little bit. I mean, this next question, where who are you excited about this year in, in ACC baseball and softball? And, and we might actually see something from our new ACC partners on the West Coast, but who are you excited? Who are you excited about in our conference for, for, for ACC baseball? Let's start out with that first. Well, I think right now you, you got to start with, you got to start with Wake Forest. Uh, I mean, they were within an eyelash playing with the national championship last year and they're coming into this season, you know, pretty much ranked one or two by any of the baseball polls out there. I mean, they, they're starting to, put together a program that's, that's that's up there with any as good as in any part of the country. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you got to look at wake forest, uh, you know, Clemson's come into the season ranked in the top 10, um, you know, the ACC, you know, and I can't say I've done an exhaustive preview of the league, but it's, it's so good this year. Let me just put some numbers at you, Matthew, that that I, I pulled from, and the, and the site is warrennolan.com. I, I love this website because there's like all this statistical information in here and, and on basketball and football, but that's Warren Nolan, W-A-R-R-E-N-N-O-L-A-N.com. So, I mean, he'll put the out-of-conference results for any of these uh, sports together and let me just put put this out here for you. The ACC has already played forty out of conference games. What, what do you think their record is? Forty out of conference games in in the opening weekend. I suppose they maybe lost three or four. Uh, that's pretty close, and that would be 
they they went 35 and 5 the opening weekend winning almost 88% of their out of conference games no other country conference in the country uh is within 5 percentage points of that the number 2 conference went 23 and 5 it was conference USA and you know the SEC which is you know usually considered um the best, I would say, best ball conference in the country with the ACC. They kind of go back and forth. We'll, we'll give the SEC, we'll give them their due. In recent years, having won their national chi- championships, 31-9. and nine. So 40 games into the schedule. We're already 40 games into the schedule. The ACC is 10 percentage points ahead of the SEC non-conference. And, and those, were, those are two out of the three best. Uh, at a conference results across the country. I mean, Pac-12, which is usually pretty good, 21 and 13. The Big 12, 19 and 14. The Big 10, 26 and 18. And most, you know, there are most of them are playing like you know similar type schedules. Um, you know, opening with with you know they're not playing like top 20 matchups left and right. They're starting out with you know reasonably you know lower division teams. So these these schedules are fairly balanced across the board, and the ACC just they just blew apart their out of conference schedule opening weekend. So you know we'll see if they can maintain that, but just an unbelievable start for the ACC out of conference play in in baseball. Softball. I mean, I, I did you ever? I have a question to ask you. Did you ever hear about about? how Auburn, like the Auburn officials tried to drag their feet and made sure it rained a little bit more after Virginia Tech hit, uh, and I call it, sorry, the Auburn officials. I'm being a little biased here. The SEC officials kind of kind of drug their feet a little bit on the road, Virginia Tech's little road game in the tournament against Auburn softball after Virginia Tech hit a grand slam and was ahead 7-3 to three in the seventh inning. They tried to drag it out so that it couldn't finish in seven and, and, and then ended up rain delaying it. And so it was officially called a tie, Jeff. Did you hear about that? <laughs> no, I, I, I did not follow that at all. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, that's what happened, Jeff. <laughs> so we have to have to give them a little, uh, give them a hard time. But I mean, basically, you know, I haven't, I haven't done it, you know, completely done a deep dive on softball yet, but this is a case where, where Stanford's looking like they're going to be a pretty good addition to the conference, and they probably could be could be quite well this year. But and you've got your usual suspects, right, with Virginia Tech and with uh, with uh, FSU that are going to be that are going to be good again in softball. Is there anybody else that we need to talk about on the, on the softball front for the ACC, Jeff? Uh, I mean, I think Clemson is looking to take that next step um, with Valerie Cagle and you know back again this year. They've they've been very good, uh, but they haven't been able to advance, you know, to the the college World Series. They've they've kind of gotten stuck there at the regionals. I mean, of course, running into Oklahoma last year, uh, you know, the most dominant program in in, in college softball. But uh, I, I think Clemson is is a team to watch as they try to you know go from being very good to to becoming one of the elite programs uh, in in college softball. And we'll see if they can take that step this year. Definitely, man. So, Jeff, I'm going to go here first here on open microphone. And, I mean, I think it's probably important. I want to make sure that I 
you know, we're, we're coming into a situation here where that, you know, the final matchup in Virginia Tech and uh, Virginia basketball is going to happen this year. And, I mean, I, I read these things from uh, this, this post today from this article, I should say today, from, from David Teal. And he's saying here that, that after, you know, after UVA won yeah, – one against Wake Forest. They'll, they're going to finish above 500 in the league for the 13th consecutive season. And he and Tony Bennett is tying like Duke, Duke Spike Krzyzewski for the second longest streak in the ACC 71 years right there. He's basically only behind uh, Dean Smith in the, in the ACC. It's, pretty, it's, it's really pretty incredible. And what – and I made this little joke on Twitter today about how, oh, you know, every season it seems like the Who's start out slow and people then ask, oh, you know, what's wrong with them? And then, you know, you get close to the last couple of weeks of the regular season. Oh, wait, the Who's are in contention with the ACC regular season title. And it seems like it happens every year that that way. And it seems like Tony Bennett unfairly gets criticized for having a consistently good team with consistently good Good defense, maybe you know, maybe a few points. You know, he's had a couple players that have been drafted to the NBA, but he certainly has his model that he knows is going to work in Charlottesville because the major scorers, you know, the people that do everything, maybe aren't necessarily going to go to Virginia. He may get one or two of those on occasion, but he certainly has an all. You know, he certainly has two all ACC defensive players, and depending on the day. Of how, depending on the day of the week, it's either Reese, you know, it's either Reese Beekman, right, or, or Ryan Dunn. You could that you would be your number one A and number one B or whatever in terms of who's going to be your your a, your ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And he's just done a consistently outstanding outstanding job. He's a gentleman. I did chuckle a little bit yesterday when he get when he got teed up, and apparently he cussed when he got teed up, and I'm like, wow. What happened when Coach K like let off a bunch of f bombs for years and never got teed up? <laughs> but he's done he's done just an outstanding job. So that's the first thing that I want to want to say, and I I know you'll want to add on to that. But the second thing, Jeff, this is pretty amazing. Virginia Tech women's basketball is hosting college game day. Very Any, nice. It's a really big deal no and i i think it's pretty cool that they're doing that right because you i i you i know you follow the sport too jeff i mean elizabeth elizabeth kitley and uh georgia amor are fifth year seniors right and so they're they're both going to be they're both going to have their jerseys in the rafters at virginia tech i mean they've had a substantial impact virginia tech is sitting at 22 and 4 in the acc i think jeff if they keep winning and keep winning in the ACC tournament, they could have a one seed when it's all said and done. They just what they did. Did, did you watch any of that Louisville game today, Jeff? Virginia Tech and Louisville women's basketball. A little bit, any? I, I kept up with the with with the score. I, I watched. Uh, I, I did. I watched the second half of of North Carolina State and Georgia Tech. That that game went to overtime, and NC State. Um, you know, one of the one of the best teams in the country, I think ranked number six. Uh, I watched that and I kept kind of kept up with the score, but I did not, I did not watch it. They roasted Louisville today. And I, I honestly didn't expect that they went in on the road in the Yum center 
and they absolutely torched Louisville. And that doesn't happen very often. I mean, Louisville's a good well, you know, Walls is Coach Walls has done a good job at Louisville. And they, they it doesn't happen so often that somebody goes in there and just absolutely blitzkriegs a team. Like, you know, I'm using a Metallica term here, right? Blitzkriegs another team. But they went in there and they roasted them all over the all over the I mean, just all over the court in every possible way. I mean, to beat Virginia Tech, at least the women, right? You have to you have to play a really physical physical game. You have to gum gum it up, gum it up. You have to play defense hard on every possession. Sometimes you have to go in there and just wreak havoc and double team Georgia Amor so that Virginia Tech can never get into this offense. And of course, Coach Walls figured that out in the fourth quarter. For three quarters, he let Virginia Tech's offense just run motion free. And if you do that, what's going to happen, Jeff? They're going to nail three points. They're going to shoot 70% from the field. And they did today. They they shot 70% from the field. And they, so they play North Carolina next, and they play Notre Dame and close the season with Virginia. And I, I actually think Virginia Tech's going to close the season with three wins, and they're going. I think they're going to end up 25-4 and four when the season's over. And they get to the ACC tournament. And but having college game day come to Blacksburg for a women's basketball game is really significant. So that I when that when I saw that announcement today, I mean, I think Virginia Tech is joins only a couple of other schools to have football, women's basketball, um, men's basketball, and baseball. You know, base, baseball as as um, as uh, having college game day. It's pretty crazy, you know, and so that happened today. And boy, and, and, and that happened that, but that announcement came out today, so it was pretty cool to see because then anytime you get something like that happening, it's certainly a good pick, it's certainly a good picture for the ACC, right? Because North Carolina will be there too, and it's you know, you're going get to a, get a lot of exposure not only for Virginia Tech, but for the ACC because everybody in the country's everybody in the country is going to be why everybody in the country is going to be watching that game. Go ahead, Jim. No, I was just, I was gonna say you know we give ESPN a lot of criticism uh, for how they've they've covered you know certain aspects of college sports, but every you know there are times that you got to give them credit too for doing like the right thing, and I, I think this is one of those right things. I mean the women's the women's sport is just exploding right now. Uh, I mean, you've got, you know, South Carolina trying to put together a dynasty and you got Caitlin Clark there, you know, going Seth Curry, you know, every every night at Iowa and selling out arenas and, you know, having things like game day at programs like Virginia Tech with with their programs. I mean, those are the right things and they're neat things to do. So I'm, I'm glad ESPN's doing that. Um you know, now, now I want to, I got to my open mic. I lo- you know what? I love college basketball, Matthew. And, and I think in a, in a lot of ways, I might even like it better than, than college football. I'm definitely at least 50, 50, but there is one thing that about watching college football and, and talking about the results with other people is this incessant blaming of the refs for every result. Hey, that man, brother. Oh my goodness. And, and, and someone would be like, Oh, you, you'll, you'll do that with your, 
your teams and i think you can go on my twitter account and you will not it's not that i don't ever complain about a call even for the teams i'm rooting about but i mean i think you'll find them you'll find me very selectively complaining about the refs because you know the it basically it just sometimes it goes your way sometimes it doesn't and then if you if if you're in a place like Cameron or Chapel Hill, well, they, oh, they always get the calls. You know, well, hey, you know what? Teams have gone into Cameron and won. You know, Pittsburgh went into Cameron and won. You know, they the, Henson, who is, like I said, you know, just going off every seems like every week now. He went in there and just shot the lights out at Cameron and Clemson went into Chapel Hill in a game that was tight in the second half and they left with a win. You know. It can happen. You got to take care of your business. Stop blaming the refs for every single time the game doesn't go your way. Because if the game had been flipped, there's probably like five calls that could have went the other way that your opponent would have been complaining about that went in your your favor. I mean, man, I can't remember. I think it was maybe a Purdue. Was it the Purdue Northwestern game? You know what? I gotta look that up. Where the scroll, the foul discrepancy was like forty to ten or something. Do you remember that? I can't say that I was watching. I, I can't say that I was watching Purdue because I always feel like Purdue is gonna regress to the mean, as they say. And I, 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 I if I have to pick a a number one seed, it sure as hell isn't gonna be Purdue. So I'm kind of. I'm kind of ambivalent when I think of Purdue. Oh. I, I'm separately sound sarcastic as hell. I'm sorry, Jeff, but that's it, it. It was a okay. It was Purdue and Northwestern, so my memory's still working, and I just had to pull it up. In that game, Purdue had a 46 to eight advantage from attempts at the free throw line, and it was a game that that went um, to to overtime. So I mean something like that. Okay, if I'm a Northwestern fan, I think you, okay, you got a gripe there. Uh, I don't think there's any any pos any possible way that a 38, you know, a, a 38 um, free throw attempt advantage to another team, you know, that that would probably get on my nerves a bit too. Um, which is another thing, you know, people are complaining about ACC refs. Could you imagine if there was an ACC game that was 46 to eight? in free throw attempts advantage for another team, they, they would, they would be like a riot. I think oh, there would be, if, there if, would be people. I mean, Hokie Hol- fans were just getting upset with the total <laughs> number of calls between FSU and, and, and Virginia tech, but you know, just the total number of calls. But I was like, no, this is what Leonard does all the time. If he's behind by 10 points, he tries to extend the game and he just clears his bench out to fall people. That's ha- always been Howard's, or Howard, excuse me. That's always been Leonard's mo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never been, but uh, but it, but even if there's that large number of calls, I mean, there hasn't been that differential that you've talked about. It hasn't been anything close to that. But you know, but AC, you know, ACC fans are so sensitive that they look at the number of calls. <laughs> I was kind of yeah, chuckling that's... a little bit, but I was chuckling a little bit. They're like, "Yeah, we have a little more free flowing," and I'm like, "Who cares? You, you know, you're, you know, the team you want here is winning here, so you know, you probably need to just be happy or whatever." 
Yeah, and that, that's a great that's a great that's a great point that you said that you know about the sensitivity of of of, of certain fans. And I mean, I'm not I'm not saying the ACC officiating is great. I mean, there are a lot of calls that you're just like, okay, I don't know what just happened there. Um, but it, it, let's not act like it's any better in any other part of the country because it's not. It, I mean, when we talk about football. Or, or basketball, it's it's a national issue with officiating, and and that Purdue Northwestern game, and I actually watched the second half of that game, and I was just floored by what was going on in that. And so forty six to eight, I mean, just, and I'm surprised it it, it didn't get the uh, the coverage that it would have that you would have been expected for such a game. Well, I guess because nobody can actually find a Big Ten basketball game anymore. They gotta go but, to Peacock. Uh, they gotta go to Peacock. <laughs> I, you know, that's, 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 that's absolutely right. And I consider myself like a, a casual fan of all the conferences. And I mean, I would watch games of the big 10, uh, you know, especially if I, if I thought the game was intriguing and I mean, I literally can't find them anymore. I, I occasionally I, I'll find the game on CBS or, um, you know, that, that they, they are pretty good with that. And the big 10, yeah, we know they have a, you know, a fantastic media rights contract, but their exposure for Big Ten basketball is is atrocious now. If I if I was an A if if the ACC had the same kind of coverage for basketball that they do, I would be really irritated because you can't find their games hardly at all unless you're just searching this streaming service, that streaming service, some weird channels over here. They're they're just all over the place, but. You know, they got the big media contract, so I guess they're paying – they're getting paid not to have their basketball team seen, in my opinion. <laughs> Don't you wish that – I mean, part of me wishes that, like, Purdue was playing Virginia in the NCAA tournament. Part of me wishes for that because part of me thinks that if Virginia could actually improve on foul shooting before this season is over – that they could cr- just create havoc for Purdue. They would just absolutely create havoc for Purdue, Jeff. Yeah, and another team, and I think that's a great point, and another team that I would love to see take a shot, if you're looking at it, is I would love to see Pittsburgh or Wake Forest with their athleticism and the way they get up and down the court. Uh, I-, I would probably be brave enough to call a victory, but I, I would feel reasonable if they met like in the second round or something and as one of those two teams as a, a, a 10 seed or so. Well, I guess they wouldn't match up because they'd be a one seed. But if they were in the eight, nine game playing Purdue in the second round, you know, I, I would feel pretty reasonable that that Wake Forest or Pitt could knock them off, especially Pitt with with as hard as they've become to defend. And I think you made a great point about Virginia too. I think Purdue's getting set up for a, 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 a getting knocked out before the Final Four yet again. Oh, I think getting knocked out before the first weekend. <laughs> well, I don't know if I go that far, but I've got to see who's, who the you matchup know what? is. You, you know who could upset them? Seton Hall. Shaheen Holloway yeah. is the man. He is the man. He's yeah, doing a, that's that that would be uh I, that would be a matchup I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see for Purdue. He is the man. <laughs> I, I Shaheen always is is smarter than everybody else and is probably going to find his team in the second weekend, Jeff. I'm actually dead serious about that. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. Already early 
an early dark horse pick in the NCAA <laughs> tournament, Seton Hall. And could be, could be. They are playing really well. He's done a hell of a job there. I mean, he's just we talk about an talk about the uh, an amazing coaching hire. And I mean, the Big East overall has been tough, right? I mean, this year, but he's just done an outstanding. He's just done an outstanding, outstanding job there. The fact that he is actually, I mean, I, I, I'm a lot of joy at Georgetown fans were kind of chuckling the other night because I think they beat they beat, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they beat St. John's, and uh, you know, Rick Pitino has that history, of course, with with playing playing Georgetown, and a lot of them were kind of cackling pretty hard last night, but. I'm not sure that Georgetown has a whole lot to cackle cackle about this year. They're going to have to wait till they get a wait till they get their own players in here before they can start like talking, talk, be brave and talking about hoops and stuff like that. It's gonna it's kind of humbling year for Georgetown. Jeff, anything else you want to add before we we bounce out? No, I think we've hit it all. Just looking forward to the week ahead of of, of some really good ACC basketball. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a fun week and I guess we'll start here with Big Monday tomorrow night. I will be watching the Hokies maybe knocking down a lot of three-point shots tomorrow night. Shots that they the shots that they couldn't necessarily hit in, in Charlottesville, but they're probably going to be dropping and dropping down there in uh dropping down there in Castle Coliseum in Castle Coliseum. I'll be I'll be intrigued to watch that game, and I probably will even stay around watching the second game, watching Houston take on Iowa State in the. Uh, it, uh, and I'll say this real quickly: Do, they, you know that they're they're doing so well right now in Houston. They have a brand new arena for basketball, and they're basically they've done so well, Jeff, that they're stand, selling standing room only seats in this you know seven seventy five hundred seventy five hundred uh, seat facility. It's pretty. It's it's crazy, and it's probably hit the right mark, I think, for a basketball place, Jeff. Because you know, I've long been proponent of like having having arenas that are like you know seventy five hundred or less, Jeff. I, I think once you get above that number, you know, it's you know you get you start getting really big, and and you know and you know if I mean it's one it's. I don't know. I've never been a fan of like those arenas that are between ten and thirteen thousand for basketball because you, if you sit there, if you've been to a, a gym that has seventy five hundred or less, every seat is literally on top of the court, and it's just so loud. And that's the way it is, kind of Houston. It's like a like in a roundhouse theater sort of thing. And so when you walk in, the, when you go in there for hoops, it's just crazy loud and it's going to be it's going to be crazy tomorrow night on espn on big monday so jeff this was awesome thanks for thanks for everybody for joining us on the all sports discussion acc podcast and jeff we'll see you back here next week friend all right see you matthew have a good week you too